I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Wikishuffle. My name's Jack and unfortunately I'm not joined by Phil and Chris this week. We had some issues scheduling a, a new recording session, but luckily we do have some wiki shuffles left over from our last recording session. So we're going to just play those for you now. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to sit here and blather on like an idiot um for too long because i don't like not having my other two blathering idiots with me so here you go here's some wiki shovels Vandelia. 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 It sounds like it's going to end up being a Eurovision. It does. Mm. Thankfully, it? we've not hit ah. Eurovision ah. yet. I'm, That's I'm, unfortunate. I'm very glad about that. But if Someday. I was if I was putting together a Eurovision act, I'd be very tempted to call it Vandelia. Well, what is a Vandelia? Well, a Vandelia, or the Vandelia, is a genus of catfish native to South America. The species in this genus are most well known of the are the most well known of the parasitic catfishes, also known as Candiru, known for their alleged habit of entering the human urethra. Oh, oh I've heard of these ones. Oh yeah, we've oh, heard of them. These are those nasty fish. Oh nasty yeah, fish. Nasty, nasty fish. Nasty fish. <laughs> there are currently three recognised species in the genus. Vandiria van. Vandelia beccari, Vandelia cirrhosa, and Vandelia sanguina. Sanguinea. Um, they originate from the Orinoco River Basin and the River of the Guanas. And you're again. I knew you were thinking the same thing I was. Something <laughs> about Orinoco. <laughs> it was a race. Um, cirrhosa is distributed in the Amazon Basin, and Sanguinea inhabits mm. the Orinoco as well. Um, can be distinguished from other Vandelians by its square or slightly emarginate caudal fin and the colour pattern of the two dark bands extending from the dorsal fin and the anal fin. The anal fin. The anal fin, yeah, the, the bumhole fin. Um, and converging into the caudal fin. Um, Sanguinea may grow up to 5.3 centimetres, while Cirrhosa grows up to 17 centimetres. Whoa. And that would go up, yeah. <laughs> Six point seven inches. I mean, that's that's above the average size of a, a willy as we're going. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it takes over. What do they do when they get there? Uh, well, let, let's see what Wikipedia's got to say. Oh, oh god! Th- these species are hematophagous, which means they consume Dicks. blood as parasites. Oh. Um, blood is tasty, though. It's like not. it's not tasty. <laughs> Like all other members of the subfamily Vandelianae, I'm not sure my Latin's really that good. No. Um, 
Sirosa uses visual and chemosensory orientation to find potential hosts. It is active both during the daytime and nighttime while foraging. They enter the gill chamber of larger fish to suck blood. It bites mostly at the ventral or dorsal aorta arteries and the blood is pumped into its gut by the host's blood pressure. I feel sick. (laughs) It's pretty rank. It does not need any special sucking or pumping mechanism to quickly engorge itself with blood. These are all good words, aren't they? Engorge. Um, but simply uses its needle-like teeth to make an incision course, in the artery. Of course, of course it's got needle-like teeth. <laughs> what else does it need? A really horrible look on its face. <laughs> it's able to engorge itself enormously. The ingested blood is visible through the swollen belly. Yeah, this is gross fish. Some kind of valve or sphincter is likely <laughs> present to prevent reflux of ingested blood. The time required to engorge itself with blood and leave the host's gill chamber ranges from 30 to 145 seconds. Oh, that's too long to have a fish up your knob. <laughs> that's too long. Under half a minute, you can maybe get away with it, but two and a half minutes. Some host fish species are able to hamper the attacks of V. cirrhosa by pressing the fish under the membranous gill cover flap. I'm going to throw up. Every word of this is unpleasant. Or by using its pectoral fin to press it against the flank or to sweep it from the gill cover edge. Serosa has been known to enter the urethra of humans urinating underwater. Presumably it mistakes the urea for water exhausted from gills. So never piss in water. I mean, you shouldn't anyway. I know, this is a thing. But if you're in a lake... What are you going to do? do Get out and go to toilet? No way. Well, now, now you are. Now I am, yeah. <laughs> now I am. Oh. This is way, nature's way of telling you to, you know, pack it in. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Right, if you... So it doesn't go into much more detail there. And so Good. Off, off That's enough. On the first line, um, you'll see the link to Kandiru. Um, it discusses it in much more detail there, which is the, the sort of broader family. Oh, good. So, <laughs> no, thank you. So looking at the, the separate page for Candiro, uh, which is the, the family that this particular catfish lives to, um, it goes into a little bit more detail. Mm. Candiro, um, also known as Caniero, toothpick fish or vampire fish, is a species of parasitic freshwater catfish in the family Trichomyditerae, native to the Amazon basin where it is found in the countries of Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador and Peru. Although some Candiru species have been known to grow to a size of 40 centimetres, others are considerably smaller. These smaller species are known for an alleged tendency to Mm. invade and parasite the human urethra. However, despite ethnological reports dating back to the late 19th century, the first documented case of the removal of a candero from a human urethra did not occur until 1997, and even that incident has remained a matter of controversy. Okay, that's good. So we might be about to pour some cold water on the... um the reputation this poor innocent fish there's nothing innocent about this fish it's fucking evil mm. look at it <laughs> this is the first time i felt a bit lightheaded doing this yeah how would you react to having a, a fish up your knob uh screams mainly screams mainly sc- would screams would you would you like punch your knob to try would and punch kill the fish probably yeah i think i would i think that would be my it. instant reaction just keep punch punching it. <laughs> just keep punching. well that is it isn't it yeah. you've been invaded <laughs> Yeah. Against your will. Yeah. Against your willy. Against your willy. 
Uh, Highbrow is over. <laughs> there's a whole section here on alleged attacks on humans. Um, historical accounts. The earliest published report of Kandiru attacking a human host comes from German biologist C.F.P. von Mauritius in 1829, who never actually observed it, but rather was told about it by the native people in the area, including that men would tie a ligature around their penis while going into the river to prevent this from happening. Others... Don't go in the river! <laughs> yeah. Other sources also suggest that other tribes in the area used various forms of protective coverings for their genitals while bathing, although it was suggested that these were to prevent bites from piranha. Don't go in the river! <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Don't go in, go the, go water. in the river! Don't go in the water! <laughs> what would, I mean, imagine if rather than living in this lovely little town that we live in, we had to live somewhere where there's piranhas underwater there's, under, <laughs> there's fish penis fish penis fish no I no. you know what I don't like going in the water swimming pool's fine so the, I can cope with chlorine and other people's piss but I can't cope with the penis fish the penis fish or piranhas or jaws sorry you can cope with what <laughs> <laughs> and cope with, I mean it's gonna happen isn't it if you're in a swimming pool you're gonna swallow someone's piss it's just a fact it is okay. Apparently, that that stinging sensation when you get in your eyes after oh, yeah, um, the I pool that's not chlorine. Apparently, that's I, don't I don't know if that's, that's a bit true. of an urban legend, yeah. but um, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I've I've got over that, but I'll ne- I, I would never get over a fish going up my penis. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd be so angry. I'd be like, I'd be so, so yeah, angry. yeah. Going back to 1829, Martius also um, speculated that the fish were attracted to the odour of urine, much like Jack <laughs> Later, experimental evidence showed this to be false, as the fish actually hunt by sight and have no attraction to urine at all. Just knobs. Just, They're just mad for knobs. Actually, just look at we've them. We've touched upon something here. Knobs? So, yeah. Mainly, you said that you're quite fine with the swimming in the piss, mm. and you like. <laughs> I didn't quite say you that. Said you, you said, I made my peace with it. You That's said you're I quite heard. fine, and okay, okay. we also know you've got a taste for blood. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities between you and this shit fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, my cover's been blown. <laughs> I'm going to swim away. <laughs> Another report from French naturalist Francis de Castanau in 1855 relates an allegation by local Araguay fishermen saying that it is dangerous to urinate in the river as the fish springs out of the water and penetrates into the urethra by ascending the length of the liquid column. Uh, Imagine that. Imagine it. Imagine a fish just... Jump in, straight in. <laughs> Castanau himself dismissed this claim as absolutely preposterous, and the fluid mechanics of such a thing occurring defy the laws of physics. It remains one of the more stubborn myths about the Kandiru. It has been suggested. How many this, myths are there about the Kandiru? <laughs> that it can swim up your wee while it's weeing out of you. But that's that it. can't be true. That can't be true. Because there's no way. Yeah, it would be difficult. It would be like a super salmon. <laughs> but then why would people lie about it That's not, why would you lie about that why is so anyone lie about reaction, anything the yeah. reaction that it's getting right now it has been suggested this claim evolved out of the real observation that certain species of fish in the Amazon will gather at the surface near the point where a urine stream enters having been attracted by the noise and agitation of the water hmm. um, and well they- that, that makes sense yeah because you love it <laughs> <laughs> what's that swim 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 Straight for the face. I don't feel like I'm being represented very well on and this that's, podcast. That's your fault. <laughs> I know it's yeah. all things that come no, out of my mouth. Words. <laughs> but I don't know. 
might have to censor this. <laughs> In 1836, Edward Popig, it's a good name, <laughs> Edward Popig, documented a statement by a local physician in Para, known only as Dr. Lacerda, who offered an eyewitness account of a case where a candiro had entered a human orifice. However, it was lodged in a native woman's vagina rather than a male urethra. He relates that the fish, were ext- the fish was extracted after external and internal application of the juice from a jaguar plant, believed to, <laughs> believed to be a name for Janipa Americana. Another account was documented by bi- biologist George A. Bullinger from a Brazilian physician named Dr. Back, who examined a man and several boys whose penises had been amputated. Oh, my God. You have to get it amputated. Oh, my God. Back believed this was a remedy performed because of parasitism by Candiru, but he was merely speculating as he did not speak the patient's language. American biologist Eugene Willis noted the area that patients were from did not have any Candiru in its rivers and suggested the amputations were much more likely to the result of having been attacked by piranha. Oh, all bad. God. That's not better. No, that's that's not better. That sounds that's bad. a different kind of worse. Although, in a way, being attacked from the outside rather than from the inside mm. does seem preferable. I don't want to lose my knob either way. In the long run, thinking about it, I probably would go for the the penis fish because, well, I'm hoping you don't have to get it cut off. It and goes, it is, yeah. You can it, get it, it out. It gets enough blood it doesn't stay and there it and it just fucks off. And you've got a parasite, whatever, you, antibiotics, something. Yeah. Piranhas, I don't think they just go for it's it's just knob. They, just they get the balls. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. they get everything. <laughs> we have a feast. <laughs> oh, so, I don't want to get my knob amputated. Well, don't go to these places. I yeah. won't. Stop I going won't. towards pee. It's I'm, your fault. I don't you go towards pee. Oh. I just shouted that and I've got my window open. <laughs> Again, you did these things. In 1891, naturalist Paul Lequant provides a rare first-hand account of a candiro entering a human body. And like Lacerda's account, it involved the fish being lodged in a vaginal canal, not the urethra. Lequant actually removed the fish himself by pushing it forward to disengage the spines, turning it around and removing it head first. See, it's in a lady bits. It doesn't it doesn't have the same impact on us, does no. it? We're all quite fine with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the theoretical, not actually ever observed idea of being in a man, much worse than the actual experience of women that they can actually. Yeah, I'm fine correct. with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was once thought that the fish was attracted to urine, um, but we've already said about it. Can we stop talking about this now? <laughs> I feel so sick. Um, it's weird. It does make you feel a bit sick, doesn't it? Yeah. I hope these things don't exist. Uh, modern cases oh. to date there is oh, only God. one documented case of a candiru entering a human urethra which took place in Itacotiara in Brazil in 1997 as Ben Fogel was Recording his latest ITV documentary. <laughs> in this incident, the victim, a 23-year-old man known only as FBC, claimed a candiro jumped from the water into his urethra as he urinated while thigh-deep in a river. After travelling to Manaus in October 1997, the victim underwent a two-hour urological surgery by Dr. Samad to remove the fish from his body. In 1999, American marine biologist Stephen Spottle travelled to Brazil to investigate this particular incident in detail. He recounts the events of his investigation in his book Candiru, Life and Legend of the Bloodsucking Catfishes. That's a catchy title. There's no denying that. Um, 
spoke, met Dr. Samad in person and interviewed him at his practice and home. Samad gave him photos, the original VHS tape of the cytoscopy procedure and the actual fish's body preserved in formalin as his donation to the INPA. Mm. Spot and his colleagues, Paolo Petri, took these materials and examined them at the INPA, comparing them with Samad's formal paper. While Spot did not overtly express any conclusions as to the veracity of the incident, he did remark on several observations that were suspicious about the claims of the patient and or Samad himself. Um, according to Samad, the patient claimed the fish had darted out of the water, up the urine stream and into his urethra. While this is the most popularly known legendary trait of the Kandiru, according to Spot, it has been known conclusively to be a myth for more than a century and it is impossible because of the simple fluid physics involved. So just say that at the start of the article so we don't have to freak out about getting our knobs chopped off. Mm. <laughs> Also, is that the most times you've ever said the word urethra? Because it's not a word I use very often. Urethra. You're making up for lost time. <laughs> okay, good. The documentation and specimen oh, provided <laughs> indicate a fish that was 133.5 millimetres in length and had a head with a diameter of 11.5 millimetres. This would have required significant force to pry the urethra open Stop to this saying extent. It. The Candero has no appendages or other um, apparatus that would have been necessary to accomplish this. And if it were leaping out of the water, as the patient claimed, it would not have had sufficient leverage to force its way inside. That's disgusting. So this never happens. Good. I still don't want to go swimming. No, never again. Hmm. You can't swim anyway, so... I can swim. Why do you keep saying that? (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like you can't. What, What is it? I don't. You just don't seem like a swimmer. I'm a really good one. We've had this. Samad <laughs> claimed that the fish had chewed its way through oh, the ventral on. wall of the urethra. Right, into it doesn't the happen. Into the patient's scrotum. Spottle notes What's that the Kandiru does not possess the right teeth or strong enough dentition to have been capable of this. So this never happened. This is all just urban you know legends. That makes me think it's not. It's not real because there's no need for the animal to be that mean. It's just not. I mean, there are plenty of examples of animals that are that mean. Not that mean. Uh, that worse. Is the it? the vampire. The I um, don't want to. I don't want to know. Don't know <laughs> I do not the, want to know. The zombie wasps. Nope. I don't definitely no. What are the zombie wasps? No, no, no. We're stopping. Uh, tell me what. The, End of recording no, session. Tell me what the zombie wasps are. There's a species of wasp no. that lays its eggs inside. Um, a species of ant and it basically turns the ant into a zombie host that it can control the movement of well, I don't give oh. a fuck about ants that doesn't I don't no, care I heard about that that's great <laughs> I, did, I did hear about that same as the cuckoo oh it's going to be mean to other birds oh no as long as it doesn't come near me I don't care <laughs> well I think you're fine because without a, a vaginal cavity to worry about mm-hmm. yes um, there is there is no evidence that you're at risk good okay can we leave this little bastard fish in the past please Okay. Yay! Jasmine's touch. Oh, don't. Jasmine's touch. Please stop. Jasmine's Touch is a scripted adult fantasy series currently airing on Playboy TV as part of their Saturday date night campaign. The series resolves 
the series revolves around a sensual Latina. Is there any other kind of Latina? <laughs> a sensual Latina. And the female guests at her private Argentine villa. Oh. This sounds good. <laughs> what does she do? Does she keep them prisoner? <laughs> They're guests. They're guests. Yeah. If you were in prison and the warden calls you a guest of Her Majesty's Leisure. It doesn't mean you shouldn't feel privileged. (laughs) The main character, Jasmine, has the power to awaken hidden sexual desires in any person she touches. Whoa. It's like a sexy Bernard's watch. (laughs) What's Bernard's watch? No, you're too old. (laughs) Sorry. no. (laughs) I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, but it's just a fact. You're too old for this kids' TV show around our time. He had this watch and he pressed the button on it and time went back. Time stopped, yeah. Time or, stopped. Uh, yeah, you could just pause time. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you could go back as well. And then do sexy things. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's that the is... thing. He, would, he wouldn't use it to do sexy things or to rob a bank. He would do it to, like, help an old lady across the street or do his homework on time. It was shit. I mean, it was great at the time. It was really <laughs> cool. But really, if you had that power to stop time, I mean, I'd... You'd be committing sex crimes. <laughs> absolutely, God, I'd be committing sex crimes. The things absolutely. you would do... Oh, I, I would be thinking about. I'd be off off the chain. <laughs> you can never have that. Power. Hopefully, I'll never have that responsibility oh, because, yeah, yeah. Imagine if you unearthed that. Go all, at the beginning all that money. Of you basically have all the money in the world, all the time in the world. It'd... Oh man. We didn't have all the time in the world. Me yeah, would. Would you? Do you age when the watch is stopped? I'm going to say no because that would ruin my fantasy. Okay. So, <laughs> can you watch box sets? Yeah, that, well, that's it. Like, <laughs> can you make a little bubble for yourself and then you've made enough time to watch a whole series or something before the day's even started? That would be great. I wouldn't have to sleep. You could just sleep when the time stopped, and oh, I really want this to happen. I don't think it will. Also, I want the power to um, awaken people's sexual yeah, fantasies. awaken hidden sexual desires. In well, let's let's see what Jasmine does with this power. I'm sure it's sexy. The main character Jasmine has the power to awaken hidden sexual desires in any person she touches. The series follows several weeks in her life as she invites lonely women to her erotic villa. <laughs> that doesn't say erotic; it says exotic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in the zone. Hear. I am just in the zone. <laughs> She's making my fantasies come true, and I wanted an erotic villa. I don't know what that would be, even. It's just a big house in the shape of a I dildo. I think that you could, <laughs> Yeah, or just like Tenerife. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of erotic thrillers there. I think Mag- Magaloof. All oh. the same. So she's inviting lonely women to her exotic villa and literally transforms their lives with erotic trysts, wild parties, and a staff of men and women eager to service any need. That's a shit job. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Being on the staff, (laughs) being on the staff, just hanging around, just hoping your your particular specialist (laughs) doesn't come up that week. Just give me five minutes of not having my desires awakened. (laughs) I'm on my break. Shot entirely in South America, Jasmine's Touch is one of Playboy TV's first series um, to entirely to use entirely international locales. Though not their native language, Latin actresses on the show narrated each episode's events in English. Members of the cast represent numerous countries throughout Latin America, most prominently Argentina. 
As opposed to Playboy TV's long stretch of recent reality-based premieres, Jasmine's Touch is entirely scripted and incorporates many fantasy-based themes into its storylines. Uh, just to, I've clicked on the Playboy TV um, show's lineup, so uh, a good game to play would have been is this a Playboy TV show or isn't it? But I can't be asked making any up, so here's a few um, Playboy TV show names. Swing, private selfies, oh, groundbreakers, and it has a picture of an old man holding a film reel. Oh, that's the poster. <laughs> seems a little bit odd. Uh, triple play, but instead of an E on the end of the triple, it's a three, like seven. Ah. Uh, adult film school. Uh, sex cape. <laughs> <laughs> that's their superhero offering. Yeah, that'll be up against the Flash and. <laughs> Foursome oh, walk of shame. Dirty, dirty cape. Uh, <laughs> one's oh, one's covered in, yeah. Oh. One's, cape. one's called simply Badass. Hmm? Sex Dream Makeover. <laughs> <laughs> How does that uh, work? The Man. which <laughs> And um, Celebrity Sex Tales, which I'm willing to bet doesn't feature any celebrities. No. It's a weird spin-off from DuckTales. Second <laughs> <laughs> Tales. Woohoo. And that's your lot. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we've had a lot of tweets over the last week or so, so we'll try and get around to them next time when Phil and Chris are here. Um, other than that, you can always vote for us at the UK Podcasters Awards. Um, we know you want to do that. You can find details on our Twitter. And you can follow us on Twitter at WikiShufflePod. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm Duke, that's J-O-O-K. Chris is Chris Wallace 123 and Phil is P-E Sharman. Uh, and that's it for this week, really. We will see you again next week with hopefully a longer and um, more involved show. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.